0: Welcome to Flawed and Free Podcast. My name is Tina and I am your host. I am a faith-based entrepreneur in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and I am so excited about serving you and my community with my gifts and talents ordained by God. I am also a deliverance minister, spiritual warfare strategist, and a prophetic intercessor, My ministry offers one-to-one spiritual mentorship and consulting, deliverance and healing through public speaking events, revivals, live streams, and altar prayers of deliverance. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to another week's episode of Flawed and Free. I'm so excited for all that I have planned for you guys today. This episode will be a continuation of last week's which I started talking about soul ties. So if you haven't had a chance to check out episode 20 from last week, it was about soul ties, how to break soul ties and live in freedom. So this week we're talking about emotional soul ties. Last week we focused more on The physical and spiritual soul ties through sex and how to create a soul tie and how you become connected to soul ties. And then of course there was a strategy breaking prayer that was given for you to come into agreement in the end. And we will also continue that today with our focus on emotional ties. So today we're discussing the five steps to freedom from emotional soul ties. So the five steps, the first one will be reveal, reveal the root. The second one will be renounce. The third will be repent. The fourth will be release. And the fifth will be renew. So you're going to renew your relationship with God. So I'll repeat those again for you. The five steps to freedom for those that may be taking notes. So the first step is to reveal the root. The second is to renounce. The third is to repent. The fourth is to release. And the fifth step is to renew relationship. So let's go ahead and continue on with today's episode. Man, oh man, this deserved a podcast episode all to itself because I don't think many of us are even aware that there were emotional soul ties. And so for those that have known or heard about soul ties, most of the common ones that we've talked about or that we are aware of Have been the physical ones, the spiritual sexual soul ties, but I don't know many people that have discussed or even gone into depth with the emotional soul ties. So what are emotional soul ties? What are they? So emotional soul ties are bonds where you share feelings and experiences with someone that eventually forms into A spiritual attachment. What are soul ties? So soul ties are formed when two or more people become bonded together in the soulish realm. In last week's episode and even weeks prior, I've discussed and I've explained that the soulish realm inhabits the mind, your will and your emotions. The spiritual realm is separate from the soulish realm, but your mind, your will and your emotions reside there. So whenever we're linked and tied and yoked to an emotional bondage or an emotional bond of some sort, because it may not be bondage, it may be actually a soul tie, but you're still emotionally connected. But it is something where you share your feelings and you're able to share experiences with a person. And over the course of time, you form a bond and you form a spiritual attachment to the person. So emotionally, we can be bonded without being in a physical relationship, without being in a sexual relationship, but we can still form a soulish tie. We can still form a soul tie just from being emotionally connected. So this week's episode, I wanted to focus on emotional fruits, and roots. So in relationships, there's all different types of relationships, right? And so you have teachers, you have coaches, you have counselors and mentors and mentees. You have your spouses if you're married, friendships, uh, whether they be romantic or platonic, relationships with your parents. And so there are many relationships that we deal with from day to day even people that are in leadership roles or authorities, such as your boss at your job or spiritual leaders and pastors. And so we have to navigate the many, many, many different relationships that are in our life. And so discerning those people, those connections, whether they be godly or ungodly, We must determine what do these relationships bring to our lives? What do they contribute? And what kind of relationship and connection do we have? Is it one of a divine nature or is it one of a demonic nature? And so the way that we can discern and decipher is through prayer, of course, through prayer and giving and submitting those relationships and connections to the Lord for him to help us to strengthen and to use our discernments for these relationships, for these connections, and for the ties that keep us connected. And so one of the things that I wanted to focus on in this episode and talking about emotional connections and ties is the fruit of a thing and the root of a thing. And so as we are aware, I, I made mention in the last episode, about the fruits and about the roots and how your root, whatever is rooted in Christ, whether it's rooted in a demonic place or it's rooted in Christ, you will bear the fruit of the root. So you must always not just look at the fruit of a thing or a person or the relationship of what it presents itself as or what it's contributing or what it's taking from your life, but you must go into prayer and partner with the Holy Spirit to identify and reveal the root of these relationships. What is the root? What is it? Is it bearing fruit? And is it good fruit? Is it bad fruit? So in emotional soul ties, there are many roots that I wanted to talk about today. One of the roots that some of our emotional soul ties can be connected in, in a negative manner would be rejection, the root of rejection. And so sometimes relationships and emotional ties that are connected or rooted in rejection will have a person gravitate towards anyone or anything that's validating to them in their life. And so some of us may have accepted relationships that are rooted in rejection and it's bearing bitter fruit. It's bearing fruit that is not blessing our lives, but is actually seeking to destroy and destruct. And so there's also a root that of self-esteem or low self-esteem that can be rooted. And so sometimes image of ourselves and our self-esteem, and if it's not rooted in Christ, then it's rooted in a demonic nature, which would be in low self-esteem. And so we will allow relationships rooted in low self-esteem that really aren't bearing any good fruit in our lives because of how we perceive and see ourselves. We don't see ourselves in a positive light and we see ourselves in a negative light. So therefore, we will enter into relationships that cultivate low self-esteem and bring us more oppression. Another root would be insecurity, where when you are rooted in insecurity, we will look, seek, and desire our security in someone outside of God. And we will seek security in someone that is not rooted in Christ because we are rooted and our emotions are rooted in insecurities. Another would be fear. And so sometimes fear is the root. Fear is the root. And so second Timothy one and seven says that God didn't give us the spirit of fear. So this is demonic in nature. And what is rooted in fear? What is the fruit of fear? Panic, anxiety, worry. And so second Timothy one and seven said God did not give us this. He did not give us the spirit of fear, but of power, love and a sound mind. And so if God has given us a sound mind, and our soulish realm is rooted in our mind, our will, and our emotions, then we can be absolutely positively sure that if we enter into a relationship or continue a relationship based out of fear, fear of losing the person, fear of not being good enough, or whatever it is, if that relationship is rooted in fear, then that as well is a negative emotional tie That is demonically influenced. The next root would be the root of rebellion, the root of rebellion. And so over the course of our lives, sometimes when we build up and set up safeguards for our hearts, for roots of bitterness and things in that nature, we will begin to operate in roots of rebellion. So we will attach ourselves to others That are operating and bonding themselves in rebellion because there is some comfort or some familiarity in that root of rebellion. And so we will attach ourselves to negative relationships that are rooted in rebellion because it's a common bond or a common form of familiarity and comfort, but anything that is not rooted in Christ, again, is not what he would desire of our lives. And so there's a root of trauma as well. And so there are relationships that we've entered into with people that is rooted in shared trauma. Examples of shared trauma could be divorce, could be death of a loved one, or some sort of childhood trauma that you may have experienced. And so some relationships that are rooted in trauma or shared trauma, they share an emotional bond and connection that is connected to these shared traumatic events. And so these are not things that we should be seeking and desiring as the trauma of our lives but for God to release us from this trauma and we should be desiring the divinely connections from God. And the last root that I wanted to make mention of is the root of loneliness. And so sometimes our need for companionship will allow us to either enter in and maintain relationships emotionally that we know, that we know, that we know are not what we need in this life or even in life in the future. There's people we're carrying or have carried into dimensions and realms of our life beyond what we knew would be good for us. Just because of our loneliness and the need to feel needed and the need for companionship. So anywhere where there's an emotional need that's not being met, we will desire companionship. So a good example of this will be people that maybe in a work setting, you know, we spend sometimes a lot of time at work. And I know for me in my marriage, this was where my marriage broke down and the enemy used my ex-husband in our marriage. because. You know, there weren't emotional needs being met, not by him or not by myself, but he decided that the need for companionship or whatever he wasn't getting from the marriage, he would get from these people in these settings that he worked closely with. And so that's where we come up with all these work spouses and all of this other foolery. And sometimes it can be innocent in nature, right? Sometimes. There really is no ill intent in building and bonding with a male or female of the opposite sex or someone we work with. But whether it be in marriage or even as a single woman or man, it's something that we should be cautious of and always taking before the Lord to make sure that it is not a relationship that we are bonding and developing a tie with. Just based on our need for companionship. Another area of, of, um, of demonic influence for people is people who never in their lives would even think that they had a desire for homosexual or same sex relationships. And out of people's need for companionship and in a place of loneliness, the enemy will plant and root seeds of, of this companionship need in homosexuality and entering into lesbian relationships. And so we know that these are not things that God has ordained. God has ordained a man for a woman and a woman for a man, but we will begin to think or entertain these roots of demonic influence because of our need to be loved of our inherent Feelings of loneliness. So we must always be going before the Lord and filtering through our relationships, filtering through our connections. Are they divine or are they demonic? What is the root of the relationship? What does the relationship contribute or complement to our lives? Is it a godly tie or is it an ungodly tie? And if it's an ungodly tie, then what is the root? What is the root of the time so that we're not just looking at the fruit of a thing that we're not just looking at what this relationship has done? So examples of the fruit would be dependency, dependency on the person in the relationship. Another example of fruit would be intimidation where the relationship now has become one of intimidation and the one that you maintain because in fear, which is the root cause, and then they begin to manipulate. So you may see manipulative behaviors, whether by you or whether by the other person, because any soul tie that you enter in, you're in a position where portals are opened up, whether they be demonic portals or ones that are ordained by God. But when they're demonic, then we've allowed portals of manipulation. We've allowed portals of intimidation and fear, or we are in a relationship that's codependent. And you can have codependent relationships with godly ties that were intended to be godly. They could be with your children. They could be with your boss. They could be with a mentor or a teacher or a coach or a counselor. And so if the relationship is emotionally bonded and you have allowed the fruit or the root of a thing in rejection, self-esteem, or insecurity, and you have not released this unto the Lord to filter through that relationship, then you could potentially open yourself up to demonic influences in the area of manipulation, domination. Some relationships that are emotionally bonded and tied in a demonic nature become ones that are dominating, intimidating, ones of dependency and idolatry. And so certain relationships you'll see become idols to a person where they'll say things like, we are everything to each other. You are all I got. I don't have anything but you. Or their partner will start to experience feelings that you can't live without this person. Like, I cannot live without this person. I cannot see myself living or being or breathing without this person or without this thing, because you can have an emotional tie to not just a person or to your feelings, but to a thing, right? Like, it could be chocolate. It could be that you have an emotional connection to, and that's where emotional eating and all of these things come up. And so the enemy will use subtle, deceptive ways to deceive you and bind you and tie you into your emotions to a person or to a thing. And so if you're experiencing these feelings and these emotions, then we must go to the Lord and say, God, what is the root? And if the root is and the fruit is in idolatry, because idolatry can be a root or fruit. But where is your source of worship? What is taking priority and precedence in your life? Where are you investing time in your mind? Where does your mind reside? Does your mind reside in the things of God or does it reside in the person or a thing? And if you're spending more time with obsessive thoughts and fantasy or fantasizing or constantly in a place of worship, anything that you have placed as the source instead of the resource in your life, God should always be our source. He should always be the center of our lives and everything that we endure and habit, receive and partake in must come from God. He must remain the center. He must remain the source. So the source of our strength, The source of our desires, the source of our will, our mind, our emotions, everything that we inhabit and partake and receive in this life should come from God. And so anything that we put in precedence or supersede God as our source or we enter into outside of God. Becomes a form of worship. It becomes a form of idol worship. So if you will allow me to, I would like to read our first scripture, Exodus 23 and 4. So I'm reading out of the NLT version and it says, you must not have any other God but me. So in Exodus 20, This is the Ten Commandments that Moses was giving the people of God. And so God had given Moses this commanded for the people of God. And this is the first commandment in the Old Testament that was given by God. And so the first of the Ten Commandments, he says, verse 3, You must not have any other God but me. And so back in this time in the Old Testament, the children of Israel, they had idols. They had many, many idols. And the more idols they had, the more blessings they would receive. And so it was a conceptually a new ideology. It was a new command for them to rid themselves of all of their idols and to solely seek the source of God, which is the only true God as our only source. And so even today, we idolize money. We idolize our jobs, our careers, our relationships. We idolize our cell phones. We idolize our social media. And so God says, hey, I want you to make sure that I am your one and only true God, that you must not make yourself an idol of any kind or an image of anything in the heavens or the earth or in the sea. So verse four, that's what verse four states. You must not make for yourself an idol of any kind or an image of anything in the heavens or on the earth or in the sea. So nothing, 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 not above us, not beneath us, not around us that we should allow to become the focus and the source in our lives. We must always continue to keep God, to keep our thoughts, our energies and everything in the center of our life and that we place nothing before him. Because if we do, then we may unaware be entering into a place of idolizing and into a place of worship. And nothing and no one should come before God. Nothing and no one. So what fuels our emotional ties? What fuels our desire to bond ourselves emotionally to people. And so just as I made mention of, manipulation is a strong demonic influence, the spirit of manipulation, where a person may say, I'll kill myself if you leave me, or that I need you syndrome. I can't live without you. And so people will continue and maintain and stay in relationships that are fueled in forms of manipulation. Another sign or symptom would be smothering. And sometimes smothering, you know, you can't go anywhere without me. That's where some of the possessive characteristics may arise. You know, what are you doing? Who are you talking to? Where are you with? You can't do anything without me. Everything we do, we do together. There are some emotional bonds and soul ties that are connected through financial control And means. And so financially, a relationship will be governed and ruled and reigned from a person that maintains or utilizes their financial control. And so a person will enter in or continue to maintain a relationship or a soul tie that's connected to a person because of their financial means or abilities. And so God is our provider, right? God is our source. And so even the means and money that have been given to us through our jobs and our careers or even through a personal relationship, maybe they have a great job and make decent money. We should not be in relationships that are controlled and governed by money. We should not be in jobs and careers that God has not called us to. When God says to step, you know, to leave and say, okay, this no longer serves a purpose in your life. You must be obedient and not say, well, God, I make so much money and what am I gonna do without this job? No, because he is our source and that job and that career and that means of financial gain or prosperity even through money is not the source, he's the source. And so we must look at filtering through what these relationships And what these ties bond us together. There are also ways that people will use manipulation by gaining your trust through extreme compliments, through overwhelming flattery, right? And so this is a manipulative way that the enemy will subtly pull you in to a tie, to a bond through extreme flattery that's rooted in maybe low self-esteem, right? That we discussed earlier. So if you have a root that's planted and a seed that's planted by the enemy and your low self-image and esteem, then you will be sucked in to the fueling of a tie that comes with a person in over flattery and extreme compliments because you will feel like this person makes me feel loved. This person gives me something that I can't give myself or something that I've never experienced in my life. And so they will continue down the path of continuing a tie and a bond that's connected in these forms. And so I want to read the next scripture that speaks on this. So Deuteronomy 29, 18 speaks about the seeds of sin and preventing them and keeping them from taking root. And so Deuteronomy 29, 18 is a covenant as well that the Lord made with Moses. And in this covenant that he made with Moses, verse 18 says, I am making this covenant with you so that no one among you, no man, woman, clan or tribe will turn away from the Lord our God to worship these gods of other nations. And so that no root among you Bears bitter and poisonous fruit. So as we seek God for the root of a thing, is it good fruit? Is it bad fruit? What is the root so we can uproot it? Is this a bitter and poisonous fruit? And if it's a bitter and poisonous fruit, then what is the root so that we can identify? Is this demonic in nature? Is this divine in nature? God is saying, you know, when we make that decision to do what is right or do what is wrong or continue in a relationship that he's either ordained or not ordained, then we must identify the seed that is growing because whatever the seed, whatever the root is, is the crop that we will bear. And so we can prevent these seeds, we these seeds of sin from taking root. We can prevent this if we partner with the Holy Spirit in prayer. And not only partner in prayer, but we make a confession and repentance to God immediately. The moment that we become aware, the moment that we allow the Holy Spirit to reveal those things that are keeping us in bondage and those things that are keeping us bound, if it be a negative time, then we can go through those five steps that I explained where you would go through and you would renounce, right? You would ask God to reveal the root. Reveal the root, that's the first thing. As you partner with the Holy Spirit and say, God, what is it that I need to see so that I can uproot whatever has been seeded and planted in my life? So you're gonna pray and ask God to uproot the thing. And then you're going to renounce, Renounce. So once it's exposed and revealed, you're going to renounce the thing and you're going to say before God, I renounce the soul tie that I have connected with maybe whoever the person is, or I renounce idolatry. I renounce false worship. And then you're going to go through whatever the Holy Spirit has revealed into you, whatever he's given you and renounce it. Then you're going to go to the Lord in repentance. In confession and prayer and ask God to reveal that thing that you are desiring and seeking to be free from in repentance prayer. And you're going to repent and ask God to forgive you and to release you from the tie, to release you in repentance. And that goes into the next one, which is release, right? You're going to release. You're going to let go. You're going to disconnect from the situation from the person, from the bond. You're going to disconnect naturally and spiritually. And then you're going to renew your relationship with God. Then you're going to allow God through prayer to release new godly connections and covenants in your life. You're going to then ask God to release the thing that he desires and ordains for your life. So I would like to now go into a prayer for you to come into agreement with. I'm going to pray over you all that every emotional soul time that the Lord reveals to you, that you are now able to renounce, repent, and release the thing that God has revealed to you this day. So dear Heavenly Father, Lord God. I forgive and I release every emotional soul tie and bond and I break every unhealthy soul tie, renounce every connection and curse that has been attached to this soul tie. And I nullify every agreement and contract that is associated with these covenants. I ask you, Lord, that you release me from every vow and from every bondage that has been held within me by being connected to this bond. Lord, we take and we pray that the Holy Spirit, God, come and help us to cut ourselves loose and free us from the bondages of sin, whether it be spiritual, physical, emotional, or psychological. God, we pray right now that we cut every bond and every root that was not bonded or rooted in you. We place and plead and pray the blood of Jesus over and around us and between us and every single bond and relationship that is not of you. God, I thank you for setting us free for whom the son is set free, is truly free indeed. According to John 8 and 36, God, and we decree and declare That we have what we say, that it is so and that it is done in heaven as it is in the earth in Jesus name. Amen. Glory, 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 glory. I thank you all for visiting and coming back another week. And I pray that this word helped you learn and identify what your root causes were and emotional soul ties. I hope last week's and this week's podcast really helped you to discern and learn what it is that God is calling us to do, who he's calling us to be in this season. And I pray that you all continue to seek and search the Lord for his hand in your life. So please feel free to follow me on IG at the Flawed and Free, or you can go to my website and you can connect with me there at Flawedandfree.com and make sure you subscribe to this podcast. Rate, review, and share to God be the glory. God bless you all till next week.